Welcome to the newly rechristened two R's and a hand. Welcome to our show. Oh, it's the three R's again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. A new edition, a short edition. We're going to try to be a little faster than we've been in the past. Welcome tonight, Robbie. How are you? I am doing fantastic, man. I had a weekend uh, at a music festival that required a vaccine, vaccinated card or a negative COVID test. It felt good to be back out in a public setting um, and feel comfortable, even though they're a little weary, but I did feel comfortable. So I'm feeling good. I, I, I was at the ball game and I, I, I found myself I found myself heading to the stadium very weary about it. But once I was inside the stadium and I started cussing the Tennessee Vols, I was all good. It was it was great. Welcome to the happiest man in Tennessee. Ding dong, ding dong, the witch is dead. Rod. Yeah. He didn't oh, man. Welcome. Oh, I heard it. Can you hear me? Yes, we got you. Oh. Uh, it was a great day. It was a truly great day. And I want to thank David Shaw and the Stanford Cardinal for everything they did for us. So many thanks. Um, it was the best loss ever. The best loss ever. We will talk about that a little farther tonight, but we're going to have both of the two R's on the extended edition of the first ever Stretch the Chain with Chain on Thursday night, and we're going to go real in-depth with that, but we will touch it later. But let's get started tonight. The news of the weekend, a perennial playoff team goes down. And, Robbie, I don't think they looked good going down. Ohio State, I thought Oregon looked impressive taking Ohio State out. Um, yes, uh, the Ducks control – well, one, let me say how wrong I was. My bet your nuts pick was Ohio State to cover, not just win, but to cover. So I missed that one. Um, the Ducks looked great, and I'm not an Ohio State hater. Uh, my, my in-laws are from Ohio, big Ohio State fans. This, this combined with Clemson losing in week one is probably the first time since – uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss were the first four in the playoff projection when it first started that the whole country now is involved in college football. And it's exciting right. from coast to coast. Ohio State's under a lot of pressure. Clemson's under a lot of pressure. Now Oregon is looking like a power. Like So everyone, uh, the, Oklahoma's still in. So, so it's two weeks in, but this was a good thing for college football to have now pressure on Clemson and Ohio State. And, uh, and now the, the Pac-12 is very much alive, and they've got a signature win. Well, I think, too, it brings a team in in Iowa that, yeah. is, not, that is not on the beaten path. That's a team – if they get into the playoffs, I think a lot of America would root for Iowa. Did you get to see any of the Ohio State game, Raj? I did. Um, I was surprised as well. And then on some levels, I was not surprised. It's college, man. Anytime you have a big game and you got a team that's 14, it probably went up to 15 or 16 before game time. I thought they were going to get crushed, they being Oregon. Um, you know, Ohio State just got flat out outcoached. This is not one of the best Oregon teams. They were without two guys 
both from Southern California that Helton could not lock up that are going to be top 10 overall picks if they're healthy uh, in Thibodeau and Justin Flo. They just outcoached them. I mean, you had Ohio State guessing on defense, there's play action, delays, misdirections. Uh, I was very surprised by the result. And, um, you know, Ohio State's definitely showed an inability to stop the run. And oh, uh, that, was, that was just brutal. That's two weeks in a row giving up over 250 on the ground. Brutal. Um, Brown had 65. Burdell had 161. That's two guys. Uh, yikes. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very surprised. Let's, let's put it that way. What so is let this? me run a storyline. Go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. I was gonna say, what do you what do you guys think this does for their? I mean, uh, their playoff chances. I mean, is this just they just got to win out now? Um, any chance a two loss team gets in? That that's a good question, and I'll go ahead and take the first part, and then go to Rod with that one. I do think this is a year a two loss team could get in, but I don't think it's a two loss Ohio State team that could get in. I think it's a two-loss Georgia or Alabama team that could get in. If Alabama lost crazily to Florida early in the year and then lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, yeah, possibly a two-loss team that way. But I don't see if Ohio State, the Big Ten, if Ohio State loses one of those matchups to Michigan or loses to Iowa in the Big Ten championship, I see no way two-loss Ohio State gets in. Just my thoughts. Yeah, I was looking at their schedule. They play – they got at – or no, verse number 10 Penn State on Halloween weekend and then at top, at 25 Michigan. That's the only two ranked teams currently on their schedule. Yes. Yeah. There oh, were two teams it, that I said – oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and they'll get an Iowa or somebody that's in the top 10 in that Big Ten championship game probably. Yeah, I mean, there were two teams that I thought were – drastically overrated just a side note one a&m they lost too much how are they number five Two penn state they were a crummy team last year suddenly they're number 10 in the country i don't get it it looks like the big 10 is is a bit overhyped that being said you know iowa was impressive that was uh the only game i won actual money on and uh you know if i was number two in the country for argument's sake and Ohio State with two losses beats them and beats them handily, then I think you'll see them get in, you know. But, of course, we don't know who else will be undefeated. Oklahoma's defense has looked suspect. Alabama looks like, I mean, I'm playing quarterback there, and we still win by eight touchdowns. Um, there's just so much season left. Who knows? And, and flip side, C.J. Stroud is playing second game ever. Wow. You know, give him some time, that defense some time. College football is all about turnarounds. Nothing ever goes according to plan unless you're Nick Saban. Um, just plenty of football left, so we shall see. Uh, I'll say this. Probably one of the most intriguing and maybe biggest games of the year is two weeks from now when Cincinnati goes at Notre Dame. Yeah. That – could have a chance to, if there's going to be a non-power five to get in, if they can run it and they have a win at Notre Dame, they play at Indiana this weekend, then I think they have a bye, then they play at Notre Dame. Um, so those could be yeah. not, 
Indiana kind of fell off, but that's two power five wins. But our course, future coach a, can coach. <laughs> your future coach is in state college. I've already predicted it. Ah, uh, we oh. don't want him. Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, a little we'll get spoiler there. alert. I'll take fickle. Uh, one all other day. thing. One other thing about the Ohio State game. What does this say about Justin Fields? You said Stroud played well and he's getting there. Justin Fields, no Justin Fields, no Trey Sermon. Did Ohio State take as major step back in offense as I think they did? Rob or me? Either one. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, they didn't run the ball enough. And when they did, it was late. Uh, a freshman threw 54 times in the game. Uh, that's usually not going to be a good thing. Um, it just came down to they couldn't stop the run. And even though, uh, you know, even though the Ducks were without so many guys, again, Ohio State lost the turnover battle. They had twice as many penalties. And the Ducks just smacked them in the face. I mean, you know, the, they're kids. Right. They read the headlines. They're at home. You know, they think there's no way they can lose. And countless, infinite number of times, that's what happens to kids at home. You know, they get smacked in the face. You know, we're going to get into Clay Helton right. in USC, but one of the quotes was, oh, I don't think our guys responded when Stanford scored first. They were kind of shell-shocked. I'm like, isn't that what coaching is for? If that's, you know, but Ohio State was shell-shocked and they didn't respond. But no, their offense will be fine. You know, I think they have to commit to the run, but they, they better figure out something against the run, that's for sure. Robbie, what other stories in college football are we neglected? Real um, fast, so, two minutes and hit all the top headlines. Um, I, I thought we were going to 15 minutes on college football. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, we we are. Okay, well, I'll just talk briefly about Ohio State's problem, and then we'll get to – then I'll get to headlines. Um Ohio State's problem is if you can't stop the run and you're passing it that much and you're giving the ball back to the other team, if you go three and out and you can't stop the they can dictate and dictate how many plays you play on defense and they will wear you out and wear you out. You, you can't be past half if you can't stop the run because you've got to give your defense a rest. Um, so – Switching to what stood out to me from the weekend of college football. So I've got um, four things. Uh, three, I'll start with uh, two negative and then two positive. Um, two negative, uh, or first negative. Oh my gosh, Florida State. What, I mean, what's happened to that program? You know, we talked. We talked how the greatness of Bobby Bowden. It's looking even more and more impressive as that program just keeps tumbling. Um, I liked Mike Novell. I thought he was really good at Memphis. Turns out Memphis may, may be just a better program than we thought. As these coaches keep leaving and, and not doing as well as, as we thought. Um, and so just and well and a hell mary like that. And then hey, uh, love how you want to love, but. If you, you can't propose after you just lost to Jacksonville State, did y'all see that? Yeah, <laughs> like you got to push it off a week. I don't care if you have all of her family coming in town. Yeah, I don't care. As That's not the who, move, man. As someone who kept a ring in a closet hidden for about eight months, you you, you just got to have more discipline than that. 
Allison um, kept her ring in the closet for you for eight months? No, I wow. kept it hidden. Oh, uh, oh, my bad. My, my bad. other negative, uh, and it's kind of a negative positive. So the balls, I thought I was really impressed with Heifel's play calling. And I think he got a lot of guys open. Um, just, uh, and I think time's going to come and they're, they're going to, they're going to get more on the same page, but that was a winnable football game that the Vols let slip through them. They, it was, they, they, they had a lot of open plays and they could have early on busted that game open and really got the crowd behind them. There were a lot of plays that, that Milton could have hit that he just overthrew and wasn't even particularly close. I'm not one to bash on young kids uh, that much, but um, but I'm impressed with high pools. But I, I thought Tennessee left one on the on the table. Um, go ahead, you want? No, I was just going to say they left one on the table with the number one quarterback, the number one wide receiver, and the top two running backs on a squad that only dressed 71 scholarship players. Yeah. So that says a lot to Heifel to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, thought, I, thought, I was really impressed with Heifel. Um, positives, Arkansas, man, I was like, who in the hell is Sam Pittman when they hired him? But, whoa, talk about flipping a program. And um, I, I not a contender yet in the West. Um, obviously, you have uh, – well, there's only one contender at the moment. But um, – <laughs> Arkansas is going to be in there, and they may be in a play for a New Year's Six bowl game. They they have really impressed me. That would um, be awesome. And then fourth takeaway, Iowa showed up and represented the Big Ten in, in a huge home rivalry game that um, that Iowa State really wanted, and Iowa just took it again. And Kurt Parents keeps his domination over Matt Campbell. I agree, Rog. <clears throat> yeah. Uh- you can have an open floor now. Hey, touching on Arkansas, I watched a lot of that game, and Texas got smacked in the face. Uh, being said, there were multiple comments during that game about how electric that stadium was when they are decent and good. Wow. I mean, it was jumping off the screen. Uh, kudos for them, or to them, rather. Um, you know, is Cam Newton light? Well, he's not light. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, you know, the answer, I don't think so when he runs into Georgia and Alabama if they play them I can't quite recall you know he's going to get shut down I mean, they're fairly one-dimensional that being said Texas couldn't stop the run which is going on with the theme of this of today um or tonight rather and look what happened uh also though big ups to the Arkansas defense they controlled the line for most of the game and B. John Robinson for Texas was actually my pick to win the Heisman a bit of a dark horse but he's the closest thing to Reggie Bush that I've seen, uh, maybe not on the field in college, but just in on tape. And uh, they pretty much shut him down. I mean, I think he had 16 for 69 or something like that. Now, you know, typical Sark, uh, Texas abandoned the run. And um, they paid the price. Uh, the other surprise was, you know, a lot of us liked Toledo to cover. Toledo probably should have won that game. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Notre Dame was a 17-point favorite. Uh, another team that, you know, Kyron Williams, their running back, only had 16 carries. Why? At the uh, Bryant Kobach, another team that couldn't stop the run was Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's 
traditionally over the last five to 10 years been awesome against the run. This kid had 20 for 114. If you don't stop the run, the odds are you're going to lose or you're going to escape if you're lucky. Um, finally, oh, you know, I think he's overrated, not like Keaton Slovis overrated, but Sam Howell, uh, 21 for 29, 352 and three TDs. Also 11 carries, 104 yards on the ground and two TDs. And, and that certainly separates him from, from Slovis, who, uh, again, I think is overrated. But that was very impressive performance by him. And Jaden Daniels, another quarterback that rushed for over 100 yards. Right. Uh, and we'll get we'll talk about USC and Stanford after the ne- uh, next segment. We'll, we've got a little 10-minute block. We'll, we want to mm-hmm. talk about that. About But one thing that not near and dear to my heart is Florida State lost to a 1AA team. I mean, as bad as Tennessee's loss to Georgia State was, that was still an 85 team. You know, 85 scholarships, Sunbelt team. One double-A football, I can only come up with one legitimate power five team that's lost that kind of game, and that was Michigan to Appy State. So that's a bad beat, Florida State, bad beat. Yeah, but but I, App State back then, they were at least winning championships. Jacksonville State, I mean, they're just a – I mean, they're not a powerhouse, are they? They're they're a good – they're a good one double-A team, a good double-one A they're, – they're a top 15 one double-A team. But to so, Robbie's credit, App State was crushing people. They were winning yeah, championships around that time. Absolutely. They they were the they won in the national champions. Chattanooga, mm-hmm. yeah, they were they were a great program. Uh, yeah, this had to be one of the biggest shockers ever. So let's move. Uh, you let's know, move especially to the NFL. Sorry, go ahead. Let's move to the NFL for a minute, and let's do the same thing with the NFL. I'm going to throw a couple of games out at y'all, and then we're not talking about our fantasy teams yet, where we're going to talk about. One R takes a W and two R's take an L. But, you know, we're just, we'll save that to later. Um, I want to throw a couple games out of you and I want to get an instant, quick reaction to those games. Because I think this storyline to the NFL season may be already un- unraveling in front of us. Jacksonville Jaguars blew out by the Houston Texans, who I predicted to be 0 17. How bad are the Jaguars? Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, I, I I figured the Texans would win one game. I didn't think they would be in first after Week One. Like, whoo, Jacksonville! Ooh, they. Um, I, I was expecting Herb to have a heart attack at halftime. Um, <laughs> that uh, that was ugly, man. Ugly. Like uh, Trevor. I mean, granted, it's his first start. He's going to get a lot better. I still think he's a generational talent. But man, he looked lost, and those coverages were confusing him. Um, and uh, you know what? Credit to the Texans. I'm not going to bash on the Jaguars. The Texans showed up. They have professional players, and I'm yes. sure they got tired of hearing all off season how they were going to suck, and they did show up. And are in first place. Absolutely. And Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions, which leaves him 26 short of Peyton Manning's rookie record that he desperately <laughs> needs to break. Rod, what was your impressions of the Jaguars-Texans? Uh, you know, I don't think Robinson got hurt, James Robinson, but he had five had carries. five carries, yeah. What in the world? This isn't college. I mean, Danny Werfel's not your quarterback. 
the poor kid threw 51 times. They were just teeing off on him, and it's still the NFL. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde had what, nine carries or something like that. Uh, you know, on the flip side, Mark Ingram, I mean, what year is this? 26 for 85 and a touchdown. Tyrod Taylor, who talk about one of the most uh, hard luck quarterbacks of all time. Every time that guy gets named the starter, he gets hurt like the week after and somebody takes his job. It was nice to see him play very well and very efficiently. Um, Brandon Cooks, a guy who I always believed is overrated. I think the Rams or someone gave a number one for that dude. Uh, five for 132. You know, they just flat out out coach them. And I- I'm not quite ready to play up the narrative. Hey, this ain't college, Herb, blah, blah, blah. But. I will say this, Pete Carroll uh, did win a championship in college and in the NFL, and uh, not many others can say that. There is no correlation between between that and Urban Meyer. But Who's the Texans that. coach, even? Uh, huh. David Culley, is that his name? David Culley? Yeah, it's yeah, it's something. We'll, we'll have to Google that one. <laughs> it is something. <laughs> All right. I th- I'll move on to the second topic while somebody Googles that. And I am going to talk about a coach, and it's a coach near and dear to both of our hearts, Robbie. Head coach Arthur Smith looked lost on the sidelines. I think he's struggling to understand. I think he had a bad preseason camp. I don't think he had a great plan on getting this football team ready. Equally, though, the Titans, without offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, struggled horribly, didn't look like the same football team. Now, I'm not killing Arthur Smith. He's a good coach, and I think he's going to be fine in Atlanta. But that transition's tough. But are the Titans in a worse spot with their OC, Arthur Smith, missing? Um, yeah, yes. Well, it looked like it on, on week one for sure. Um, I mean, j- just the offensive line was horrible. They just didn't show up, and they couldn't block anything. Tannehill could I mean – Henry couldn't get – he was getting hit every single time behind the line of scrimmage. Tannehill had no time to throw at all. Um, the receivers couldn't get open. There wasn't enough time. The Titans looked lost. Um, Arthur Smith looked lost also, and I agree with you, Randall. And I think this is one of the problems that coaches have coming from one side of the ball to being the head coach is trying to figure out how to manage it all. Yeah. Um, some of the more successful kind of opening acts of NFL coaches in recent years have been special teams coaches because I think they're on both sides of the ball and they have Good a point. better management aspect of it as opposed to, hey, this is my lane and this is what I'm going to do. I agree. I think Arthur Smith's going to be fine. Um, the Falcons was one of the more surprising uh, games of the weekend for me. I'm not sure why I ever keep having – Hoping the Falcons and thinking they're going to get it together. Um, Philly looks great, by the way. Um, they look really well prepared. Um, but yeah, I think Arthur Smith will get it together. Um, but I think for week one, I mean, the, the Titans just came in with expectations, and um, that was a tough matchup, but it was shouldn't have been. Man, one team looks like a playoff team, and the other one looks like they don't know what they're doing. Strangely, the co um, I noticed in Pro Football Focus this week, the worst graded offensive lineman was Falcons rookie Jayon Mayfield. One of the top five other worst offensive linemen's grade went to Taylor Lewan. 
a continual all pro. So if you can't block them up front, you're not going to get anywhere, period. Yeah, and he's blitzing. It was just going right past him. Credit yep. to Lawan. He said on Twitter, Chandler Jones destroyed me today, essentially, that he taught him a lesson. And not many guys would do that and say that and acknowledge that. Uh, so big ups to him. Arizona, yeah, I mean, to me, there was a bit of arrogance with the Titans coming in. Just my perception, you know, oh, we need to, you know, conserve Derrick Henry and, you know, we got Julio now and AJ and, you know, Henry averaged three yards a carry. Uh, Tannehill was running for his life. Tannehill lost two fumbles. And meanwhile, the Arizona defense is full of young talent. You know, Isaiah Simmons, the, the he's the rookie, right? Uh, he had nine tackles, yes. two pass deflections. What's that tell you when a, when a brand new linebacker from Clemson has two pass deflections that, that they're taking away the tight end and, and you know, Ferkser is their tight end now. No Janu, um, you know, no Frank Wycheck, but a Baker, Buda Baker, but a, Buda Baker, uh, even though it doesn't spell it right. Uh, another young talent, Chandler Jones, Byron Murphy, by the way, Baker and uh, Byron Murphy, both Washington Huskies. Don't ask me why I know that. But, I mean, those four guys dominated the game. They're just a young, talented team. And I don't think Arizona was clicking on all cylinders, but, I mean, they beat them handily. They, they were out – the Titans were outcoached. And uh, I think they gave up – again, it, it's – the story of football, in my opinion, you can't stop the run and you give up on the run, you're in trouble. Having A.J. Green opens up that Arizona offense quite a bit. Yeah, we forget A.J. Green was drafted one slot ahead of Julio. They're wow. not. A.J.'s not an ancient wide receiver if he can find it again. Don't forget about Rondale Moore. Had the greatest yeah. freshman game ever when he was a that Purdue game that everybody watched that was like in the middle of July – and he like looked amazing, uh, but no, he he took the top off the defense, and um, they got a lot of weapons. And I think, you know, that's a team you really have to look out for. So the next question, and 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 please expound upon this one. This is open floor, but I want to talk about some amazing games this weekend. The Bucks and the Cowboys opened it up with an amazing game. I thought a great game. Of course, the Steelers' big win over the Buffalo Bills. The Browns browning. I got the text, guys. It's 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 a classic text. Right at the end of the game, a big friend of mine who's a Browns fan texted me, and his words was, the Browns are going to brown. And uh, the Chiefs come back and won that game. And even the Raiders beating the Ravens tomorrow last night Raiders going to Raider. We say that all the time, by the way. What games stood out to you, Robbie, that were the biggest wins? Um, well, big picture, um, this is the NFL doing its thing, right? Like March Mad, the first weekend of March Madness never disappoints. Opening weekend of the NFL never disappoints. It's it's just such a great product, and they do such a good job of of just advertising and hyping it up um what stood out to me man tampa still has so many weapons uh dallas is going to be a contender um that game last night was fantastic and it was like it you know uh it's kind of like uh it amazes me when coaches make game management decisions where you're like 
man, anyone who grew up playing Madden can figure this out. Like there, there's timing issues that you, you have to account for. Um, but that game was excellent in the weekend of football. Um, I, like I said, I, I watched the first half of the Browns Chiefs. I was like, whoa, Browns. I mean, I, I think the Browns are still are for real. I think they probably may be number two in the power rankings in the AFC right now. Um, but I left to go to Moon River Festival here in Chattanooga with them up pretty significantly. Came back and saw, well, Mahomes does what Mahomes does. And uh, he came back. Um, the one that stood out with me is, oh boy, did Green Bay really mess up when they could have just torn the bandaid off and got two, maybe three first round picks for Rodgers and start the rebuild? That doesn't look good. And, uh, on the flip side, the Saints looked good with Jameis and I was, uh, didn't get to see much of that game, but saw the highlights, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. He played well. He played well. If you think a QBR of 130.8 is playing well, then yeah, he played well. He threw the ball 20 times, 14 completions, five TDs. Um, hard not to root for the guy, in my opinion. And uh, I was certainly rooting for him. And they looked like the Saints of old, man. They had two backs that were all over the place. Kamara looked like his usual like lightning self. Um, you know, even their receivers, uh, you know, Juwan Johnson had two TDs, VFL. Uh, uh, yeah, Rodgers ended up 15 for 28 for 133 yards. Wow. Uh, you know, I may not be the only one that thinks this, but sometimes I feel like when things are going south for Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of a like ho-hum, pack it in. And I'm not going to call him a quitter, but you just got the sense that they were not going to win that game and they knew it uh again same old you know aaron jones had five carries for nine yards what like i don't get these things um the saints just destroyed them and good on them it also took a lot of courage you know last year they played uh Taysom hill quite a bit and this year they went with the guy who gives them a better chance to move the football and I was very happy to see that. It's hard not to root for the Saints in general, let alone after Ida and Andrew and every other, uh, what was the hurricane, what, 10 years ago that was disastrous. Katrina. Uh, Katrina, thank you. Katrina. Uh, just got to root for that team. You really do. Uh, and uh, I'm happy for them. And uh, West Coast football looks really good. Uh, Stafford on the Rams looked really good. And Russell mm -hmm. Wilson going into Indy and winning. That. Uh, even though San Francisco gave a lot of points late, and then Arizona, the NFC West is stacked, and the AFC West may be also stacked. It's undefeated. Yeah, all I mean, AFC West teams won. Good. The Raiders looked good. Um, Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs, and then I didn't get catch much of the Denver game, but um, all reports were they were impressive. Also, tell you the team we didn't talk about that impressed me was the Bengals beating the Vikings. In overtime, a local kid from Fort Payne, Alabama, kicks the game-winning field goal in front of 25 people that I know that were up there, and it, that's a good story. That is cool. Another good story to me, let's quickly move to the San Francisco game. One thing, I was really super impressed with Jarrett Goff, so give me your impressions of that. But before I, I'll let you go with that, 
Every year we have one. This year, it looks like Elijah Mitchell. Last year, Louisiana Lafayette basically had a great run in their conference with Elijah Mitchell. Trey Sermon's drafted two rounds in front of him. But I'm telling you, Elijah Mitchell looked like the best rookie running back to me. I watched a lot of that game. He's a real deal. Plus, Robbie, you've kind of got hosed on Elijah Mitchell, so I'm, I'm with you. Not kind of got hosed. I did get hosed. I put my bid in at 10.58 ESPN. Thanks a lot. Did not process it in time, and I lost out to him. Everyone knows I desperately need a running back. I personally think we should go back and look at that. I don't know how to decode it, if I need to call ESPN, if I'm willing to do it and stay on the phone as long as possible to get the player that I need to make my championship run. What what I didn't understand is, fantasy-wise, generally, like, you can't add a player on the day of a game. I didn't even bother on Monday. I was expecting Tuesday morning. It's probably the only reason why I get up early on Tuesday morning. So when I saw all these transactions going through this morning, I was like, what the? Um, yeah. Back yeah, to exactly. Jared Goff. Yeah, that, that, that's a silly rule, and I think that needs to be changed. Uh, back to Goff real quick. He had a good you know, commissioner. Number one overall. <laughs> he was number one overall for a reason, I think. But, you know, it's yeah. 41-17 before he really started slinging it all around, and you know, four or five wide. So, you know, the Niners – the game was over and what was it? It was 41 17 at the two minute warning or something insane like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I'm just, let's pump the brakes on them. Vikings and Bengals. What do we say about the run? You know, the Bengals stopped the run. Dalvin Cook had 61 yards. Joe Mixon had what, 130, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just opens up everything. And, you know, teams that stop the run and run the ball win. It's just, I mean, it's gone from theory to law. One minute so, for everybody. Go ahead, Bobby. Uh, Joe Burrow looked looked good coming back off of injury. Oh. I was impressed with him. Uh, uh, Chase, who had problems in the preseason, looked really good catching the football. I guess the stripes don't bother him anymore. Um, but, yeah, the Bengals looked good. Um Pittsburgh was a surprise win. I thought Buffalo kind of tightened it up, tightened it, and just kind of just didn't show up really well. So, well, Robbie, you were kind of heading down the road. Go ahead and finish any other thoughts you've got on the weekend in the NFL. Um, I mean, the Eagles looked good. Washington football team losing Fitzpatrick. Um, that's that's a bummer. Um, Dallas, I, I think, I think, I think the Giants suck. Jets suck. But other than that, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a great football season. So you answer this, and then we'll let Rog have his minute and answer the question. You have to have one of the Alabama quarterbacks to start your franchise. Are you taking Jalen Hurts now? Um, I think I'm going with Mac Jones still. I, okay. If I have to pick – Right now, but hurts. Okay, I'm 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 going with hurts. Rods, take your minute and also give us a comment on hurts, Jones and Tua. I think it depends on the offense and the scheme. 
Mac Jones is obviously reminiscent of somebody else we know that played in that offense. You know, Hertz is in a, a very different offense. Uh, he is I I went two and one and I lost in the league I care the most about, but Jalen Hurts was my quarterback in my big money league, and I was pleasantly shocked by what he did. Uh but back to reflections of the league. The stat that shocked me the most was in the 23-16 game, Pittsburgh over Buffalo. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Roethlisberger had like 160 yards passing or something like that. But Buffalo ran 79 plays to Pittsburgh's 55. Wow. You know, they controlled the time of possession. Now, Buffalo had four fumbles. They only lost one. Those are drive killers, right? Um you know, it's typical Roethlisberger doing what he has to do to win. And uh, that to me was just crazy. Now, you know, again, kind of like college, everybody reads their own headlines. And I think Buffalo was guilty of that. Uh, the other thing is, you know, how about Sam Darnold beating uh, Sam Darnold's replacement? That was pretty sweet. Uh, he outplayed him. Yeah, you know, it's not one versus the other, but it kind of is. Uh, Darnold had a QB rating of 102. 24 of 35, 279 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Zach Wilson obviously showed – that kind of annoyed me too. All we saw were highlights of Zach Wilson rolling out to the right and throwing that ball, you know, 30 yards on a dime, which was awesome. But, you know, no love for Darnold. Like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, but that game, uh, it, I felt happy for Sam Darnold because I felt like he was an unnecessary scapegoat in the largest media market in the world on a really crappy team. Good point. Well, quickly, guys, um, I think that sums up our NFL. We'll come back from the fantasy angle in about 10 minutes. So if you got fantasy questions, get them ready for us. So we will answer them. But quickly, I want to jump back to the college world for just a minute. And, and Raj, I'll let you have the first word. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind of negative about this. Uh, um, and, and, and I really didn't know what Helton's record was, um, seven and two in the last nine games. I looked at what he had done at USC and yes, it's below USC standards, but USC had the one great run with Pete Carroll. Is USC setting their standards above where their pay grade currently is? Is USC still USC? Or do they need to step back and rebuild that program somewhat? I can go on for days on this topic. So maybe, Rob, you want to go first because we both like to hear ourselves talk. And I may not leave you with anything to say. So I'd like to hear what Rob, with our okay. moderator's blessings. Well, with as, moderator uh, Grant. And, and, and Raj and I have had this conversation over and over and over again about how similar it seems that UT and USC athletic programs are and like we just can't get out of our way on football pro the pro program um I mean look so wild card being the name image and likeness um and how California's gonna deal with that that's a wild card um as far as pro I mean it's still Southern California, it's still a Coliseum, it's still a Song Girls, it's still the Troth. Like, that's an icon. Even, I mean, you know, Tennessee was, I mean, uh, sorry, USC was great. 
past when uh, Tennessee was good, at, great at football. Like, so kids, even the young kids, could at least have memories of Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, uh, even Sam Darnold. So Troy Polamalu, he may be a little too old, but I think like like USC has players, they have talent. Um, none yeah, of I those mean, players it, are current. None of those players you mentioned, none, are currently in the NFL. But a lot of them have that, legacies. Like yeah, Reggie Bush and Matt Liner are still on Fox. They're still relevant. Same way Peyton Manning's relevant for Tennessee. Um, uh, quick side note: I was like on Twitter nerding out, and some kid just looked electric, and he was wearing the number five. He was a high school kid, and I was like, "Wow, that reminds me of another number five. And he was like, "The high school kid responded like, "Yep, you know that's what's up. That's why, you know, he wasn't even born when Reggie Bush did what Reggie Bush did." Uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have that guy and, and he leaves a legacy, uh, you know, that I think it's going to be a while before it's forgotten. Uh, um, I mean, if you want, sorry, go ahead. Oh, they should dominate the South of the Pac-12. They should. And Maybe they will now. Every built-in advantage. Um, is it a top 10 job? Yeah, I still think it is. And I still think they're going to have their pick of quite a few people. Uh, are we getting to our predictions yet? Or are we just talking about the job? Uh, I think we stay with the job and we predict okay. on Thursday. I'll, I'll, pa- I'll pass the mic. So, yeah, I think it's insane not to include them as a top one, two, three, four job. Um, it is Southern California. I believe they have the most first-round picks in history. Uh, six Heismans. If somebody says Reggie Bush's Heisman's gone, then – I'm going to punch him in the face. Uh, you know, Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, you know, they were dominant in the late 70s, early 80s. Obviously took a, a vacation. Pete Carroll was Alabama before Alabama. Uh, you know, they had uh, seven consecutive 11-win seasons, I believe. I think, loaded with I think NFL they, talent. I think the reference would be USC was Florida State after Florida State was. I really don't think we've well, seen Alabama ever. They were Alabama yeah. before Alabama for the first, like, six years. And then, you know, but Saban is Saban. God knows what they get away with in Tuscaloosa. When you have kids moving from Hawaii to Tuscaloosa, I'm not going to say anything more. Um, you know, USC always had big spotlights. Speculation. After that. speculation. Ah, dude, that's a story of my life. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think it's an amazing job. Is there a lot of scrutiny? Yes. Are they dealing with, you know, a guy like a Jarvis Jones for Georgia? Uh, you know, the doctors were unwilling to clear him, and I, I think there were politics involved. He goes to Georgia. He's an All-American. Uh, Bubba Bolden, Miami. He got an argument, uh, supposedly, with uh, a female volleyball player. They kicked him off. Uh, there's just a lot of overcompensation for USD. They had that uh, OBGYN scandal. So it, it bums out a lot of the, the uh, admissions <laughs> Aunt Becky. Um, you know, it's been very frustrating as fans and many of the alums because you just feel like they, they, they know what they need to do as a program and an, an administration and they're not doing it. And it seems like it's intentional. So this finally happening was amazing. Um, you know, Dante Williams is one of the best recruiters in the country. 
part of me wanted him to be named interim head coach. The flip side is, you know, it feels like unless he wins every game, he may get replaced and he pulls in, like, basically, he got Oregon's DBs. The only smart thing Helton did was hire that dude. Um, but, you, you know, back to Clay Helton quickly. He, you know, nice guys finish last. Everyone said he's a nice guy. Parents loved him, blah, blah, blah. Player development was severely lacking. I can name maybe three or four players that improved underneath his his leadership, number one. Number two, it, it, he just was like a gosh almighty guy, you know. Uh, he didn't inspire anyone. I can't think of one game that I can say that SC played great. Like they dominated. There's still like a, you know, but, however, with every game. Um, hey, Rods. Rods. I, I'm, I need to interrupt you. We have a comment. No Reggie Bush doesn't deserve his Heisman back. I, I'm going to tell take Rich to eat it. I, I'm going to take care of this one. Rich is a Michigan fan. Charles Woodson never deserved his Heisman. We're moving on now. Go ahead, Rod. Hey, hey, Rod. Let me let me ask this because this is what I don't understand. If the proverbial leash was one loss. Why did they bring him back? Like I, that doesn't make sense. Like if you're gonna fire him, or if he's not the guy, why not do it in the off season? Try to map out your strategy before getting you just you just now lost a, a even as great as the interim coach may be at recruiting. They're still in limbo. So why would you after one loss fire him, and then you're first to fire? So you have okay, yeah, I'm first in line for a coach maybe, but. Why wouldn't you have done that in the offseason? He clearly wasn't the guy. No. Administration-wise, you know, when Coach O didn't get the job, they're basically, I'm paraphrasing, is we don't need someone to just lead the team. We need someone to lead the program. And Clay Helton was a super nice guy. He's like Mr. Rogers. Uh, you know, he said all the right things, did all the right things, but he can't coach and lead men. Also, his buyout was pretty crazy. And uh, it's USC. We figured uh, somebody would step and pay the guy's buyout. I mean, I offered for a GoFundMe. Uh, yeah, have a I, I believe billion dollar trust right now. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I think politics was certainly involved, and you know, the guy got an extension after going ten and three and eleven and three with Sam Darnold as his quarterback. Since Darnold, the record's atrocious. Forty six and twenty four is not going to cut it. Uh, again, I you know one and three versus Notre Dame. He was four and one against UCLA, but those were some pretty bad UCLA teams. I just you know this is something that many of us have wished for for going on two and a half, three years, and he had a six year tenure. Again, player development lacked. I can't think of one game that they surprised us and played very well. Uh, you know, it, accountability was a major issue. Post game conference. Uh, I thought the kids played competitively I, I thought they had heart that's the garbage he says he holds no one accountable uh you know and these kids don't get up to play games they don't respond in the second half they don't adjust and it's all on him he's the leader uh you know last year's recruiting class was like 54th i think they came right. in just behind bowling green um you know he's just not a leader of men he, he's a nice you know he'd be like a nice ad type thing you know, the ho-hum put him in front of, you know, a bunch of boosters and blah, blah, blah. But I just – I couldn't wait for yesterday. 
it was a great day and um, many of us are very happy so we will uh, uh the the plug for catch the chain is we'll all make our predictions to why luke fickle will be the next head coach of usc but uh catch us thursday night at seven or for stretch the chain we're gonna have a major segment over this and i think we'll all take a spin at who we believe the head coach is. Robbie, you got anything to sum that one up? Um, so we, we're not giving our predictions now? I think there's a glaring reason that. why. Okay, I got you. No, uh, I think Randall said it. I mean, it, uh, it, well, I'll say what. A lot of coaches right now have a lot of leverage. And Jimmy Sexton is going to do what Jimmy Sexton is going to do, and he's going to get everyone paid. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Well, uh, Raj, I'm truly happy that you got your wish. And I do think USC will make a good hire. And I do have a couple of things we'll stretch out. And maybe we'll break down a few candidates on the stretch the chain. But I quickly hey, I, want to – Sorry, I interrupted again. But just want to say Mike Bone, the uh, USC AD, was formerly the AD at the University of Cincinnati. Don't break my thunder for Thursday. I mean, ain't nothing obvious. I'm sorry. Our our buddy from Victory Formation says, why don't they just bring Pete Carroll back? (laughs) I think if you you could still recruit, I think he's 80. But, uh, I mean, it seems like he's on his way out in Seattle anyways. Again, it's just like Tennessee and Bull Fulmer. Bring him back as the AD. I don't care. Let him speak at news conference, like the Queen of England. I don't no. care. Um, Robbie, you, you know, you had something to finish up. A- yeah, almost all of those coaches will tell all of the NFL coaches will tell you if you have a quarterback in the NFL, it's a much better life than college football because college football is constantly recruiting. It's dealing with everybody. But the key is you have to have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, your job, you're, you are numbered very quickly. Hey, can I ask you both a quick question about the Raiders? What are your thoughts along those notes, uh, along the same uh, line of thought about Derek Carr? Good question. And that is, uh, let's get to that point. Um, perfect segue there. And we're talking about fantasy. I, you know, I think Derek Carr is capable of putting up good numbers. I don't know that he's a good quarterback. But I thought last night there was no way. And I thought Derek Carr played horrible at times last night even. But I thought there were no way for the Raiders to lose those games. I think that roster deserves an upgraded quarterback. Just my opinion. And maybe I'm Maybe I'm oversensitive about it, but just don't see it in Carr. How about you, Robbie? Um, Carr, watching him last night, kind of reminded me of those Titans teams with uh, Kerry Collins. Like, you know, I'm not not 100% confident we're going to win. I don't think we're necessarily going to lose. We're just somewhere in the middle, and we'll see what happens when we get out there on the field. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, hey, give me the ball to my guy, and I have confidence. But, you know, I think, you know, Kerry Collins went 10-0 one year to start the season. He went 
five and eleven some years. I mean, I think it's just kind of where you're at in his life and just but the Raiders got middle of the rope. I, yeah. a good, I was going to say Chris Miller with the Falcons. I mean, a good quarterback, but not capable of getting you to the next level. Yeah. He, it's very polarizing amongst Raider Nation. Sometimes he looks amazing. You know, there was that graphic that he was second in the NFL over the last, like, six years and comebacks, you know, to tie or win the game. Well, no shit. Excuse my language. They were behind every freaking game. Um when I think of Derek Carr, I think of the quarterback who has the only two fumbles trying to extend the ball for touchbacks in potential game-winning situations uh, in the last, like, three or four years. Uh, he leads the league in that in that aspect. Um, you know, ever since he broke his leg when the Raiders were 12-3 uh, and three or 11-3 and three, uh, three or four years ago, he's been a different quarterback. Uh, now that they have a run game, he, you know, he can make every throw. The receivers aren't great. Uh, you know, being said, they were very fortunate to win that game. As your buddy said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing with respect to my team. We always say this, the Raiders going to Raider. They find a way to lose and they tried, you know, they get down to the, uh, you know, the one inch line and then Alex Leatherwood, the number 17 overall pick. Still the False best starts. moment for yards. False starts. You know, and, and then Lamar Jackson gets the ball, and, and everyone that was, that in was that amazing. stadium, all of us, all of us thought that game, you know, donezo. As soon as that would happen, they lost. The fact that uh, Carl Nassiba forced that fumble was awesome. Um, but, yes, it the Raiders were going to Raider. And I can't tell you how many times they found a way to lose the game. The Patriots, Alabama, these good teams, they find a way to win the game. Absolutely. The Raiders go out of their way to lose a game. And the Browns are very similar, except the Browns are, like, a lot more talented. But, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty game. The Raiders have had many years where they beat good teams like Pittsburgh and others. They're still going to lose to the Jets, you know, in New York. They just – it's the Raiders. And – uh you know, I didn't see anything that would have made me feel different about this year's team. It was a nice win. It was uh, opening Vegas and sold out, blah, 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 beat a great team. But, I mean, I don't think anybody's calling them a playoff team. That's a that's a perfect intro into our fantasy weeks. Gosh. Winners is going to win, and losers are going to lose. So... This show is heavily invested in our fantasy teams. I would like you as the general manager of your fantasy team to break down what happened this weekend. And do you have hope for the rest of the year? Robbie, I actually thought, I, I actually thought you were going to pull it out at one point. Well, so as I've explained, we're following the Billy Bean Moneyball situation. Yes. And so remember the movie when they lose like 20 games in a row? Scott Hatterberg. Yeah. That, they that's win how, 20 games in a row. Well, well yeah, they, but they, they, they're losing, they're losing, they're losing, and people start to really lose faith in the system. That's where we're going to start the season. And then if I didn't get screwed out of this pick, so 
besides the ESPN glitch, I was going to have a starting running back on a good team for the remainder of the season. So, but you know what? I will bounce back. Uh, it was it was a bad week for me. The, the Titans receivers just didn't do anything. And so, I think Julio had maybe two catches. Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow showed promise. Um, but I'm looking now at – I may have got to steal the draft with Michael Thomas. He's not going to play for a while. But once he gets on the field with that Winston offense, um, I'm feeling pretty confident. Now I just got to stay afloat till we, till we get to that stage of the season. But, yeah, we're, hey, we're in the money ball. We're in the money ball. I'm trying to teach my coaches how to coach and how to who put in to where. But don't you worry. Plus – I played Lenny this weekend, and that's like an automatic W. I think he scored like 94 points this weekend or something like that. And, what's and, up, what's up? and just for the people out there, Robbie and I are not allowed to trade. So Well, we we're gonna, we, need, we need a panel to review that. What did Lenny Yes, we do. For? Rod, uh, your team just didn't perform to the level you thought they were this week. Sometimes, like everyone else, I look at my team, I'm like, they're going to be awesome. Other times, I'm like, how do we score 90 points? Um, you know, I, I went against my better judgment and drafted two San Francisco 49ers on offense. Um, Raheem Mostert is done for the year after, like, one carry. That was awesome. I think he was my six-round pick. Um, seduced by the Reg Bushness, if you will, if, if that's a, uh adjective. That might be a new word. It is now. Um, Ayuk was projected to have 14 points. He didn't catch a ball. You know, and, and true to form, you look at your bench, Carr had 29 compared to uh, Herbert, who had 16, and Gronk had 29 uh, compared to Noah Fant. You know, I, I think I made the right plays, but sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. And thanks to the stupid Titans, Kyler Murray had like 48 points or 42 points. Um, you know, I, I gave big ups to – to Dave, his, his team was better this week. They were, you know, and I, I will admit this. In my four years in this league, this is the team I have the least amount of confidence in. That being said, it's week one. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, sometimes, like I said, I look at your roster and I'm like, eh, how? wait, no, who's going to guaranteed points? No one. And well, I think so, I royally effed up this year. Well, sometimes matchups are just bad, like, Roz, you fell in the same situation I fell into where uh, Hopkins was your high score, but it, you were playing against Murray. And so every time Hopkins scored, Murray scored. I had the same situation with Kelsey versus Mahomes. And it's like, yeah. so Kelsey can go off, but Mahomes is getting the points too. And so it just, it's just, it's all about matchups. And, uh, you know, I'll give Clipper a, you know, hey, Lucky win, and it won't be like I'm, I'll overtake the division pretty soon. It's a long did year. Make, did you make any moves this week, Robbie? No, nope, not yet. Not over. No, nope. money balling, man. Trust the process. I I added Latavius Murray on Sunday morning. Well, I tried to I tried to add somebody, but Lanier conspires against me. I hate again there. I understand we used to have like a week-long waiver period. You can't add anybody on game day. 
Uh, well, actually, yeah, Sunday morning you should be able to, but not well, no, Sunday well, night or Monday night. I think there yeah, should be Wednesday, a Wednesday at noon should be the first time you should be able to add people, and then every day after that. I agree. It's not complicated. Like I said, so, I had no idea people could add somebody this morning, or, or rather, uh, you know, put in a waiver request as of you know a game night. I've never seen that before. So, who do you put? Who do each of you play this week? Before we get to our bet up your nuts segment, you play Lenny. I know that. I've already been talking about that on the group text. Well, no, I think. Wait, let me. Yes, yeah, so I play Lanier. I don't even know. Uh, should be an easy win for me. I play Dave. I know that in our division. Uh, Who's and Field Rod, of Dreams? Is that Stewart? That's Brandon. So you play uh, Brandon. Brandon? Yeah. Uh, Is anybody shocked that the high scorer for the week was Stewart? I'm projecting it my ass kicked. last year. I'll, I'll tell you what. All of our projections this week. So we got two, seven, one. Three, five, one. So seven points is the biggest spread this week. So um, it's a good week. Yes. Yeah, Welcome be. to fantasy football. Quick side note: When are we going to become a tattoo league? If people don't know, we usually have a. I don't think anybody's ever done it, but the last place person has to take the ACT or SAT, and they have to publish their score, uh, which is quite humiliating, but. You know, I think we should become a unicorn tattoo league at some point because I think that's less embarrassing than a lot of dudes taking, taking the up. ACT. I'd almost agree with you. All right. We got to head in. And, and hey, we are at the one-hour mark, and we are finished up. Very good job, Mr. Davis, Mr. Meadow. We are, uh, we are through an hour, and we got through four subjects. Congratulations. Are we done? But, no, we have one important segment still to go. Oh, good. It is time to cut them off and bet your nuts, nuts, nuts. Hey, for real, Randall, why are we so short tonight? I forgot. We're trying to do a one-hour format. Oh. With Robbie and I talking, good luck. It's 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 called text messages. Like we send them, they're like they're like instant messages. We send them to you if you read them, then. You're informed. This I was doubt, our dude. attempt to put a one-hour show on iTunes to see if it does any better. Uh, that's sweet. I don't read our, our iTunes shows have been checking in in about two and a half hours right now. So uh, we were going to try to upload our one-hour top show. So let's go to your cool, bet your cool. nuts segment, which new rule can be a gambling proposition, a prop bet, or a fantasy play in DraftKings. So who is the first person that is going to come up with your bet your nuts this week? I've got mine Mr. locked and loaded. Mr. Davis? Go for it. Um, so I was bad last week. Um, missed on Ohio State. Missed on Kyle Larson. So I'm making up for it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna parlay it this week. And so we're going to get our money back. So I like Purdue at home against Notre Dame plus seven and a half. I think, okay. I think Notre Dame's overrated. And then I like the Trojans to come with a new coach, even going on the road, but going to a weak Washington State. 
They're getting eight and a half. I like them to cover. I parlay both of those teams um, and take it to the bank. Quickly, Rob, does Cincinnati cover the four at Indiana? Yeah. All right. I like it. Rod. Uh, for me, you know, when it comes to the NFL, I think about who I think is going to win, and then I take the opposite. Uh, because the NFL is just, you know, part of me, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites at Baltimore. The NFL is not stupid. I think most people thought this would be a six-and-a-half or seven-point line. Um, I've been looking up and down. The other thing, uh, you know, the Broncos are – I'm very tempted to take this. The Broncos are six-point favorites at Jacksonville. That, that That's one of mine I've been kicking around. I think Jacksonville is going to show up, and I, you know, I think they're going to beat them outright. Uh, you, you know, it's a bold statement, but I'll take Jacksonville plus six. All right, I've got two. One of them's going to shock you, and one of them's such a homer pick. You're just going to have to hang with me. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons plus twelve versus Tampa. Big rivalry game, a huge number. Give me the Falcons plus 12 versus Tampa. The other one, I, I really, I don't, this number jumped off the table at me and I, it doesn't make sense to me. I know the Bills just laid an egg, but the Bills are laying three and a half to the Dolphins. I'm going to lay those three and a half to the Dolphins and play the Bills. I'll parlay that together too. But I like laying the three and a half to the Bills, and catching the 12 in the NFL, which is huge, and the Falcons. That's a lot of points in the NFL. That is a lot. All right. The shortened edition tonight, we'll get her posted. We may have to look at this being a 75-minute show, but we worked it through. Robbie Davis, what's your last words for tonight? My last words and my biggest takeaway is something that just happened. If it's 2021 and you're still betting on the Falcons one way or the other, you've got a serious gambling problem. Yes. <laughs> so, Randall, yes. please, please get some help because you do not, you do not bet on the Falcons. Yes. Against Tom Brady. Either way, just don't, just stay away, stay away, stay away. I've already placed it. <laughs> I uh, oh, two things. Send it on in. We have a fan wanting to ask a question. Go ahead, uh, Raj. Arden Scroggins. That's the coolest name I've ever seen in my life. Uh, one. The why don't the San Francisco? Uh, that's right. Why don't the San Francisco Giants ever lose? You know, I thought as a Dodger fan, you know, the two teams are neck and neck. Two and a half separate them. Milwaukee is a really tough team with pitching up and down. Giants, you can't quite figure it out. Like, why are they so good? Everyone's having a career year, but they just don't lose, and it's annoying me. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, Clay Helton, I, I wish you well on your deportation to North Korea. And um, you, Des Rodman, and, and Kim Jong-un, I can't remember who's up right now. Um, you know, you guys, all three should be very happy. Uh, and James you know, Franco, he, you probably. Know he's taking over. He's as soon as Bill O'Brien gets a job, he's going down to Tuscaloosa and he's taking over for Bill O'Brien and 
going to the Saban car wash and getting a new head coaching job. Hey, Saban's no dummy, man. He 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 loves recycling USC folks. He'll, he'll be he'll be uh, he'll be a grad assistant by Thursday. Probably for real. It was like a. It's USC is a program that just everybody wants to shake them and like, you need to do this. And it finally happened. The game was gross. Um, you know, like I said, Elton said afterwards, well, our guys were kind of shell shocked when Stanford scored first. What kind of coach says that? Um, adios, nice guy, faith family football, but you know, time to be in the, uh, fantasy football booth or, or something to that effect. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a, I was very happy yesterday. Very happy. Raiders win. It was my wife Stephanie's birthday. Clay Helton got fired. I don't usually enjoy uh, becoming happy on somebody else's misery, but uh, I made an exception yesterday. Well, happy belated birthday, Stephanie. Happy belated birthday, Stephanie. We got one minute before we go off the air. 30 seconds each of you. Is Urban Meyer playing Homer by playing his boy Carlos Hyde at running back over Jones Robinson? So this kind of reminds me of remember when Bill Parcells obviously do not compare Bill Parcells and Urban Meyer, but it reminds me whenever Bill Parcells would bring all of his old players back to build a culture. I think that's what Urban's trying to do. So yeah, I do think he's trying to play Homer. Um, I don't think it's going to work. Um, trying to get the Ohio State the guys back together again, um, but Aaron Hernandez isn't walking through that door. And Tim Tebow didn't work as a tight end. What's your thoughts on it, Rod? Uh, Aaron Hernandez isn't walking through any door and or <laughs> gates. Um, no, because Hyde is old. One guy had nine carries. The other guy had five. I didn't watch the game, but, you know, Urban's a principled guy. I, I don't think James Robinson is the best blocking running back that there is. Uh, they often did one back sets. I, I think it was just, it worked out the way it did. You know, they both averaged about five yards per carry. Um, I don't think anybody says Carlos Hyde, who's, what is he, 48? Like Frank Gore's 49 and they're neck and neck. I don't, I don't think there was an agenda there. They, you know, I, I think you're just trying to find something that works, especially when you're getting your butt kicked by the Houston Texans. So, no, so, it's not college. I'll defend him. So, new shows here on River City Media. Thursday night, Brandon Chain brings his Stretch the Chain. All of us will be guests on his inaugural edition, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central. Extended conversation about college football where we can get a little deeper into what's coming up this weekend and a little deeper about what happened. Also, some USC talk. And on Sunday morning, we are happy to announce that 300 people watched Victory Formation with Geoff, Philip Dye, and Arden Scruggins. So, uh, all right, uh, you know, That's impressive. That 300 people on a Sunday morning, I, I, you know, these guys do a lot better than I am. So, but this, of course, being the best show, uh, uh, yeah, I said it. The originator of River City Media, Three R Sports. Abbreviated edition for this week. Wishes you adieu, good night, Come. and farewell. Phoebe says bye. And hopefully we have a Canada audience.